0: Welcome everyone to the Extraordinary Games Podcast. I am your host, Dave Winchester, and my co-host this week is my good friend Harrison, who would, I pretty much would give the title of co-founder of the podcast since he is the one that gave me the idea to do it. And this week we're going to be talking about the original Dead Space, since the remake is right around the corner. But before we get into it, let me remind you all to follow us on your podcast app of choice, we're on Apple iTunes, we are on uh, Amazon, we are on Spotify, we're also on YouTube at Extraordinary Games, so you can subscribe there, hit notifications, you'll actually get a video version of the podcast, pretty much with just gameplay footage of the, the games we're talking about and things like that. But if you want a little bit of supplemental stuff, you can go there. And lastly, we do have a Patreon. You do not have to throw any money our way at all, this podcast will always be free. You just get a couple extra perks here and there, and I'm gonna be kind of doing a little bit more with that in the coming weeks. But for right now, I'm I'm mostly concentrated on trying to get these podcasts out every week in a timely manner so that way you have something to listen to on your way to work every Monday morning. Before we get into it, I'm also gonna tell you what I've been doing recently. So I recently started playing a, a few Switch games that I want to talk about. Well, technically Switch and PC. Uh, so the first one that I'm playing is Loop Hero, which I know came out last year, and I completely just forgot it existed. And it went on sale on the Switch and Nintendo eShop, and I picked it up. And I've been enjoying the hell out of it. It's super addictive. I'm really hoping one of my friends plays it, so that way I can talk about it on the podcast because it does a lot of unique things that I really really enjoy. But yeah, I've been playing a boatload of Loop Hero recently. And uh, on my PlayStation 5, I've been playing Tormented Souls, which is kind of a Resident Evil Silent Hill throwback game that came out. I want to say last year. It might have been the year before. I'm not sure. But it's wonderful. It has those fixed camera angles, a lot of survival horror themes into it. Um, Just a really interesting indie title that I hope... We get more of because those types of games, those classic Resident Evil style games with the fixed camera angles are something I really, really enjoy. Uh, And after that, I'm probably going to finally jump into God of War Ragnarok if I can pick it up soon because I still haven't purchased it. But I love the original God of War from 2018. I call it the original. It's it's really like a continuation. The naming scheme for that game is kind of wacky. But I really look forward to playing that Uh, for podcasts coming up later this week. I think I'm finally going to be able to record the Mega Man X podcast and there's going to be a surprise one. And I think after that, I'm going to start the Fantasy Star Online podcast. I might do a solo one for myself talking about my experiences and then pretty much kind of like interview all of the guests that I've had on so far and maybe some some other guests as well. Surprise guests about their experiences With fantasy star online because i think it's one of i personally think it's one of the greatest games ever made and a lot of people have some very fond memories of playing that game and i hope you enjoy listening to those stories as much as we're going, going to enjoy telling them but that's it that's all i have to say for now uh i'm gonna put on some music and when we come back it's gonna be me and my boy harrison talking dead space enjoy so this week we have my my good friend harrison on the podcast we're gonna be talking dead space which honestly like this whole podcast first of all came about with us just bullshitting at work so and and this was one of the games that we we were talking about from the beginning it was like this bioshock and a handful of other games so i'm kind of stoked that we can finally talk about it today i'm very excited hello i may sound tired but it's just
1: in general tired no but (laughs) dead space is dead space is one of those weird games where i played the second one first i don't even know why i played it i love i have a deep passion for horror in all genres but for some reason i was like yeah dead space 2 that's the one i'm gonna get on board with and i never finished 3
0: dead space had like more hype didn't it didn't it have like because dead space 1 was like kind of like the underground darling when dead space 2 came out they had like the the weird ads where it was like this game will scare your mom
1: that's what i remember from it that was the only ad i saw for it was like the the one that got a lot of publicity where it's like all the moms being like
0: this game is disgusting i would never let my kids play it they're playing this i'd rather them play grand thefting
1: autos and i saw that and i'm like oh this game looks badass And that was, like, right around the time where, like, Gears of War is taking off, where it's, like,
0: ultra-bro-ish violence. And it's like, right, sweet, yeah, Xbox. Yeah. Things like that. I mean, that's pretty much how it was. You had, like, a good five years where everything was either a bro shooter, or it it was was the bro shooter area. You had Call of Duty, you had Gears of War, you had a bunch of military games. I'm pretty sure fucking Medal of Honor was rebooted as, like, a, a bro military game. So that just like dominated the entire space, and eventually, I mean, Dead Space Three ended up kind of being that, anyways. Like this genre, jo- the whole game tweaked over to that type of playstyle with the co-op stuff in Dead Space Three. And it's funny because you would think that was like a massive shift, but if you look at all
1: of them in a vacuum, like you look at Dead Space One, it's a pretty, it's a pretty like cut and dry like type of game you know it's a horror game it's a very well done one and that's why it doesn't seem like anything super generic because it, it's not but also it's not really doing anything too new but then you look at Dead Space 2 and it's like alright in comparison to 1 it's more actiony but it still does the horror then you see 3 and it's almost entirely like cover based shooter I'm pretty sure there
0: is cover based shooting in it too there is and there's human enemies which was the weirdest part to me like, like everything it else was fine the human way. enemies was weird the human enemies was like what the hell am i playing right now
1: i i don't remember if i finished playing that i don't think i finished three i think i got close but also that game is so forgettable but all i remember <laughs> is two sections i remember the start of it is you're running around a city shooting guys and it feels like just it feels like trying to make a more subdued Deus Ex, like as
0: far as gameplay goes. It was definitely weird. Like uh, I picked up Dead Space Three like on launch because I had a friend that I wanted to play co op with, and then he saw the reviews for the game. Now, keep in mind, I bought the game; I already had it. Like I was like I fucking download the like all the shit was downloaded into my console because I always installed games to my console for the faster loading times and then like I text him like you ready to go and he's like oh dude I didn't pick up that game did you see the reviews for it, it they're kind of garbage and I was like you motherfucker then I was forced to play through the game solo after that and it, it it's not a fun solo experience and it had that shit where you'd have to like uh you pretty much had like a little droid or something that had to go collect ammo for you. It, and if you were really shitty at the game, you could just buy, it was microtransactions to buy ammo, which was so fucking stupid.
1: And that was the upsetting part was, cause like I, I didn't play Dead Space 3 on release. I didn't have friends that would play it at the time. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother. But later on in life, uh, an ex of mine and I played through a lot of it. And I feel like, you know, that was the first time I played it was co-op I feel like doing it without is just you're missing out on so much of the game. And that was yeah. when it was that like the start of EA like feathering in like, "Oh, maybe maybe microtransactions is the future." And it's like you know they're going to do it anyway, so it's like, "Ah." <laughs> like you're using a a critical darling of a game series to to promote this new push. It's terrible,
0: terrible. Well, that's EA. I mean, li- they I can tell they had like no faith in this franchise from the start. Like, if you look at Dead Space One, the game had very little marketing behind it. Um, it had that one really, really good trailer, and then they put the game out and probably figured it wasn't going to make remotely as much money as it did. And then when it did, they were like, "Fuck, we got it. We got to make sure like as many people play this game as possible." And then they just ran the studio into the ground. And that's the upsetting thing because. You look at Dead Space 1, it's it's very clear from the outset
1: a lot of people who cared about making a good game worked on this game, and you can see the influences, you can see like the effort put in. That game was pushing the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 to its absolute limits, and it's, it's mind-blowing. I'm very grateful it succeeded because it got some good games out of it. Oh yeah, but it's upsetting because you look at it from a financial standpoint you're like there's no way this game would make enough money by their standards today
0: i mean yeah by their standards today yeah i mean there's a reason why they they're putting out like battlefields even when it's unfinished just to you know cash in on shit before the holidays they're a hundred percent money-making machine now but back in the day they weren't and Know what I just I just found this out today. So this studio, Visceral Games, used to be Redwood Studios. Did you know that this studio, before they did Dead Space, made like the best of the Lord of the Ring games from back in the PS2 and Xbox era, like the Two Towers game and the Return of the King game? I only know that because I
1: watched an interview with Glenn Schofield, the director of Dead Space, and he mentioned it in passing. I would not have known that and it is mind blowing cuz those games are great i just bought i th- which one i bought i think i bought the two towers for playstation
0: 2 the other day like more recently just because i want to have it yeah i rented that game when i was when i was like when i was like in um, i worked at game crazy like that those games came out and i didn't want to buy them cuz were just like hack and slashes and i knew that but like i rented them and the uh, the difference between like the first game of that series and then what they did with like Two Towers and Return of the King is insane. Those games are so good as action games. like so. Those games should get a remaster. <laughs> like Just what? remaster two of them, put them in a package, put them out. Absolutely. So fucking great. But the, yeah, the studio is phenomenal. And the fact that it is no longer around really pisses me off because this studio had more potential to put out more great games and make great series and instead after this they were pretty much shoved on Battlefield Hardline and I think after that they were just they were just sh- shuttered because Battlefield Hardline didn't sell enough. It's kind of fucked up. It's it's incredibly frustrating because I love horror games, but it
1: seems like they seldom do well unless they're attached to an existing IP like you are hard-pressed to make a Resident Evil game that flops at this point. You know, Resident Evil 6 was, in my opinion, very, very underwhelming. And I feel like that could have been the end of it. But then Capcom just came out with a whole bunch of Resident Evil games that everybody loved. And now it's just kind of like, there's no way to stop it. But if you, like, they're, at the time of recording, they're planning to put out a Dead Space 1 remaster. And I feel like that should be a good
0: sign, but also it could just mean nothing. Yeah. I mean, they're they probably just banking on the fact that you know the first Dead Space was, it wasn't the most successful sales wise, but it definitely has the kind of like the best following, like the people that like Dead Space they they think the first game is the best. I personally think this the second game is kind of tied with it, uh, but they you know it's it would be weird to remaster the second game before remastering the first game, so I think this is kind of going to be like the the start of them going back, remaking Dead Space 1, probably remaking Dead Space 2. And then if I had to if I had like money to put down on what they're going to do next, they would probably just either pretend Dead Space 3 didn't happen and just like kind of start the franchise over or use a new story or just do the two remasters get as much money as they can out of them and then just like completely forget about Dead Space for another like 10 to 15 years. Either one, like that's going to make them money. <laughs> I'm curious because I I try to
1: go into games as blind as I can. Same thing with movies, but with games I don't want to know too much. Like I only just saw some gameplay for the Dead Space Remaster. And it looks like it looks like all the beats are there, but then I saw one scene and I'm like, all right, they're changing this because, you know, they have the ability to. It's like shot differently. And gameplay wise, fundamentally it's gonna be the same thing, but it's also like, all right, maybe they're trying to push it like two inches to the left, and then you keep pushing two inches to the left, you're already like an entire mile away from where you started if you do it enough. So may- I have a feeling, I'm assuming at this point, Dead Space 1 Remastered is just going to be you know a success because why not? I'm going to buy it. But I have a feeling it's going to get pushed so far in a different direction by the time it gets to Dead
0: Space 2 they might just have an entirely different game series at that point. You could be right. Like it'd be easy for them to do, especially considering that dead space one is, I want to say 15 years. Old. That sounds wrong, but I know it's right. I think it's 15 years old this year. Yeah. 2008, I believe. Yeah. So most of the people playing dead space, the dead space remake remaster on, I don't even know what the hell they're calling it. We'll say dead space fucking 2023. Um, most of those people have never played the original. So they're, I would assume. I mean, there's going to be people like you and me who are still going to buy it because we remember the original game. But I think they're doing an excellent job of promoting that game to a newer audience, especially now that Callisto prot- Protocol is out and it did not do very well as far as reviews go. That leaves a huge, like, a huge gap where they can just put this game out and be like well you know Callisto Protocol was supposed to be this but like we actually got this like this is this is what you want and I feel like that's gonna make it sell like gangbusters And mm. that's the funny thing is uh
1: like it seems like a good time for horror games you know we had an era of uh, what was it called amnesia where it was kind of walking simulator but also like little horror-themed, those never did much for me because I like the idea of I have choices. I can run, I can try and get away, or I can fight. If the only option is to run, well, that's not not too much fun. It's like playing uh, Outlast. I never felt truly scared in that, but playing something like Dead Space, knowing I have options, and that means every encounter can go a multitude of ways, it's going to be a lot better, and we're Kind of getting back to that now. Around the same time, Dead Space remasters is coming out. Getting a Resident Evil Four remaster, and it's just it's mind-boggling because those are two of my favorite games, and it's a wonderful experience to be able to have
0: that come back around. The wheel turning that way. Yeah, I actually think this is definitely the the time of a. Uh... Kind of a, I don't want to call it a survival horror resurgence because a lot of the games coming out aren't technically survival horror; they're more just horror as a whole. Um, but they're look like, at games like Inscription, which which you are the one that like recommended it to me, and it's got such like an undertone of just like horror elements. Uh, mm. th- that game's actually really popular as far as an indie title goes. But you are talking about games like the the Dark Anthology series. Um, those have become popular over the past few years and even though they're not they're kind of like playing a movie versus a game that still has a good horror element to it i feel like right now just horror games in general are starting to to get a lot more i guess eyes on them and i really hope that means people start experimenting more with the the horror formula as a whole because i think there's a lot of untapped potential i feel like once horror games started to hit their uh, their stride is kind of when resident evil 4 came out and then it just like instantly shifted over into action it was like once they figured out like how to to like do survival horror really well it kind of slid straight into the action formula and then we got games like resident evil 4 and dead space and games along those lines for a little bit and then it went straight into walking simulator and i feel like we we kind of like missed kind of uh, where a renaissance would be for survival horror games and hopefully that's coming around now because we have a lot more like indie developers that are willing to to experiment and do things like i've been playing signalis and that game's got so many survival horror elements and horror elements into it and even though it's not like a huge big budget, budget title it definitely like hits that sweet spot of this is a an interesting concept for a horror game and they're executing it really well. And the studio probably will put something out that will top that next time because Signalis is such a hit. And I look forward to things like that. And I hope that just continues. Like that cycle just keeps going.
1: And that's a good way to put it because it feels like during the, the interim of Resident Evil 4... And then into walking simulators in that it feels like they kind of overcorrected where horror games were starting to get more action based because Resident Evil four pushed it a little bit like, all right, it's a little faster pace to make it more inclusive for other people, but it's a good balance. And then, you know, Resident Evil five comes out, it's more actiony Resident Evil six. At that point, it's not even horror. It's it's not even survival horror. It's just like, you know, play the game. So it feels like they had to overcorrect and overcompensate in that, where it's like, all right, now it's just all spooky. And it's like, well, you took agency away from me, so now it's kind of in this weird spot where, yeah, it's scary to be walking around here, but that's all I'm doing. I'm not actively engaged. I'm just going through this area now. So I feel like we're getting back to a good spot in that. And it's taken a few different games, like, a while, but you're absolutely right about indie games are just pushing for things that will actually, you know, be conducive to good gameplay as well
0: as engagement. Yeah, uh, I the reason survival horror as like a whole like if anybody ever asks me what my my like favorite genre of video game is, games is, survival horror is the one, and the reason why is it does everything that I like it gives me action so it gives me that those like action moments that i enjoy but it also has puzzle solving like a good survival horror game will have excellent puzzle solving and that always gets me even even dead space which we'll get into in a minute dead space has some of the, some really good puzzles involving telekinesis and they blend combat in it in with it very well and i really enjoy that but like the original resident evil series is such a uh, a good Idea of like blending these combat elements mixed in with like survival elements mixed in with puzzle elements. The only way it really falls short in those original Resident Evil games is the combat kind of sucks. Like, if you're looking at Resident Evil, like one all the way up through Code Veronica, the combat isn't fun to do, it's just something that you kind of have to do to get to the next section. And then once you got to Resident Evil 4, where the action elements were good and the combat was good. I feel like the puzzle elements and everything else kind of got like taken back a little bit and that balance got shifted a little bit more. And I just want somebody to come up with like a modern survival horror game where the puzzle, the action and the horror are like that that perfect like 33.3% blend across the board and I'll just be so fucking happy if that ever happens. Oh, absolutely and like, that's what I want in my survival horror games.
1: It's like horror movies. Like, horror in general is a, a good coverall. There's some horror movies I've seen that are simultaneously the, some of the scariest things I've seen, but also the most heartbreaking, like, familial dramas. And it's a it's a weird dichotomy that they have, but it works so well. And same thing goes for horror games. Like, I do wish more horror games had combat, had... Good atmosphere, we'll say, just to encapsulate all of it. And then also good puzzles, because I don't want the only puzzle I do to be shoot the guy. And the original Resident Evils, they have clunky combat because they're a product of their time. But also it's like, obviously that lends itself to a little bit more of the intense nature of it. However, now that we've gotten more advanced in what we can create... Something like Dead Space and something like Resident Evil Four is, I think, safe to say the base level.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with that. It's nice to to have these games coming back around too. Having Resident Evil Four remake and the the Dead Space remake having like coming out in the same year is really cool. Like if this happened originally, like the first time around, um, I kind of probably would have been like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" This is just like two excellent games at once. But having them come out now, I think it's going to be one really cool because the resident evil four remake is doing everything that dead space does as far as like the controls and action go, which in my opinion, resident evil 4's shortcoming are like, it are the controls. Like that's the the thing. It's somewhere in between the insanely good controls of resident evil six, where you can like dive, roll and shoot and all that shit. And the garbage ass controls of the original resident evil games like you can't move and shoot but the shooting is accurate enough and serviceable enough where it's still like it works like it does what it needs to do but now with the resident evil 4 remake being able to like move and shoot and have the mobility that you kind of have in dead space i think it's going to elevate that game a little bit more because one, more people are going to be able to play it because the control scheme for Resident Evil 4 is definitely dated now. Two, it allows them to kind of tweak the action scenes around that. Like, now that you can move and shoot, I'm curious to see if they either add more enemies or different enemy types to kind of compensate for it or tweak the amount of enemies or how enemies react in a certain area. And I'm not scared that it's going to be bad because I think they've themselves in resident evil 3 and resident evil uh, 2 those remakes that they know what they're doing like they they know what they're changing and how to best service the game itself it's going to be interesting when resident evil 4 comes out i'm actually more excited about the resident evil 4 remake for that reason than i am the dead space remake because the dead space remake just looks like a one-for-one with like very subtle changes, whereas Resident Evil Four remake looks like a like an entirely different game. It's like looking at the Resident Evil Two remake and the original Resident Evil Two. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and I, I'm sure a fair bit
1: will be changed with the Resident Evil Four remake because you know back in the day you couldn't you could but it would require a whole different setup, but you couldn't really have your character be too action-y in your horror game. It just wasn't like the vibe at the time, we'll say. But also, it's probably not what they wanted to go with. They they knew how to keep your character in place and shoot, but not move around and shoot. And it would have pushed it too far action-y, in my mind. And that was one of the things that the director of Dead Space, Glenn Schofield cited. He cited Resident Evil 4 as a big influence on Dead Space. And that was one of the things I wanted to innovate on was, you know, I don't... He he said he didn't like that. you would stay still. You know, your character's gonna be moving around. He's not gonna stay still while he's fighting. He's gonna move around. And things like that. And it was that sort of innovations that pushed Dead Space
0: to be as good as it is, in my opinion. Yeah. So... Let's uh let's start actually talking about Dead Space. <laughs> the 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 reason we are here. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? We've talked we've talked about I mean we've talked a bit about Dead Space already with the remakes and stuff, but Yeah.
1: And I mean you kinda need to set up like where it comes from. You can't talk about Dead Space without talking about its its like spiritual predecessors like Resident Evil and similar games like that. And also it takes influence from multitude of horror movies too so it's just it's sort of a love letter to horror in general so it's hard to not talk about things outside of it and
0: i think unjust yeah i agree with that so i know you said you played dead space 2 before you played dead space 1 i played dead space 1 pretty much on release because i worked at a, a video game store at the time and there were two reasons that I picked up Dead Space on release. Like, I didn't wait for any reviews. I didn't wait to hear what other people had to think and say about it. My, But the main reason I did it was, one, the, I saw the trailer for it, the, the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star trailer, which is probably, in my opinion, one of the best trailers ever released for a video game, like, of, of all time. Like, it's bar none hands down that that trailer encapsulated everything that they wanted Dead Space to be which was it, it very hard to do at the time but that trailer combined with the fact that one of my favorite movies of all time uh, and it's sad to say because it's a Paul W.S. fucking Anderson film and goddamn I hate that guy is Event Horizon and it just instantly like it I looked at it and I was like wow this is Resident Evil 4 meets event horizon and i just have to fucking play this game it looks so cool and upon playing it i got almost exactly what i expected which is definitely rare coming from like that time where every trailer you would see was kind of like a vertical slice of a game and wasn't necessarily what you would get when you started playing so it's actually shocking that i got exactly what i anticipated. And even the story of this game fucking knocked my socks off the first time I played it because the like at the time I didn't see that twist ending, which we'll get into later. But this easily like from the first time I played it was shot up to like one of my favorite horror games of all time, and one of, actually probably old scoots its way into my top ten games of all time for sure.
1: It's it's funny you mention uh, Event Horizon because the director cited that as a big influence and it's very clear like from the outset uh that's a very good place to take influence from i haven't seen all of event horizon it's just not i don't know it seems like something i would like but just does nothing for me but it's strange because i only finished dead space sometime last year which is shocking to me because i played dead space 2 on release but never thought to go back to Dead Space 1. I didn't play Dead Space 3 until years after it came out. But then the second I played Dead Space 1, I played through it once, I'm like, all right, I'm playing it again. And I played through it four times in the matter of a week at that point. I was like, all right, this is a great game. I love this. And I started playing Dead Space 2. I'm like, this, they just improved everything in Dead Space 1, which is already a game that is light years ahead of its competition. And it's mind blowing to me that it's not a bigger
0: series. Yeah, cuz they killed it. <laughs> cuz it's this game was this series wasn't a bigger series because of Dead Space 3. That's it. That the Dead Space 3, even though it was a critical success and it sold a, like a lot of copies, I think by that point the fans kind of saw where the series was going. And luckily EA saw the writing on the wall and they were just like Dead Space 3 came out and they're like, well, that's the trilogy, and I feel like EA probably thought if they pushed it any further in the action direction, they would completely kill the franchise, and there was really no place else to go with it, so they just left it, and that's probably why v- Visceral was moved on to to doing like Battlefield series stuff, and it's really disappointing because it's one of those things that we'll never know what would have happened. If Visceral Games wasn't forced into making Dead Space 3 what it was. And let's not let's not like beat around the bush about it. That's exactly what happened. They the reason multiplayer was in Dead Space 2 was because EA wanted multiplayer in Dead Space 2. And the reason Dead Space 3 had co-op and had all these microtransactions was because EA wanted Dead Space 3 to have co-op and microtransactions. These are all things that Visceral did not want and had no plans on putting in their games until they were forced to do so. And those were, like, if you look at Dead Space 2 as a single-player game, people never had any gripes about it. That game was, was superb. But they also were kind of disappointed that there was a multiplayer mode and a lot of people didn't play it and then when it came to Dead Space 3, they're like, this isn't what we want. We enjoy the single player experience, so we don't want co-op. We don't want co-op that's going to ruin the storyline of the game, which is what it did. And they didn't want microtransactions in it. And all those things th- being thrown into that game meant that players like probably just didn't want to play it and EA saw that and was just like okay fine if you if this is if this is what we want but this isn't what you want to play then fuck it we're just going to walk away from the series it's frustrating because you can see like you can use these games as a benchmark of where video
1: games as a broader spectrum were at at the time like dead space 2 came out around the time where every game had to have a multiplayer component even if it made no sense whatsoever you look at dead space you're like Alright, what what could we do for a multiplayer? Uh I guess just like a half baked infection game mode like in Left 4 Dead, except Left 4 Dead that's based around that. So throw that in. And I feel like that reverberates throughout the entire single player experience too, because you go around in Dead Space One, you're in these larger open areas, you know, as in like pseudo open world ish. Like you have a central hub area and you have to do all these branching objectives. And then you come back to that hub area. It leads you forward in dead space Two, It is almost entirely a straight line with much less deviation. And I was replaying it recently thinking, Oh man, this game is, this game is so long. And then I got to a spot where I was like, hang on, wait, isn't this like close to the end? I haven't finished it, but it's, Um, almost all the way through it without even knowing. And I feel like, in large part, that's because of, you know, EA diverting time away from crafting a better single-player experience to have multiplayer, which, to their credit, I played it like a few weeks ago, the multiplayer is still up somehow, which blows my mind. And I can only assume that's because they charge money for an online pass, which is the dumbest concepting
0: that should show you all you need to know about video games as a product. Yeah, those good old uh, online passes that were around for like two fucking years to de- like deter people from buying used copies of video games, which was the scummiest shit ever, like ever. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like it- Call of Duty, I don't think, ever had that. And those games are
1: entirely multiplayer-based, almost which is funny because something like something like Dead Space 2 who's going to be like dude you got to get the online pass for Dead
0: Space 2 why why would i want that yeah it was just it, okay i will say it kind of worked though cuz like having worked at a game store around that time a lot of people wouldn't buy let's say i think Madden had it and that was like a huge thing so people would be like oh um oh, uh, can I get a used copy of Madden? And we would have to tell them, like, yeah, you can, but if you're playing online with your friends, you're going to have to buy a $10 pass anyways. You're better off just spending the extra $10 and getting the new copy of the game because then you have a new copy of the game and you can play online and it's the same exact price as used copy. So in, in turn, it kind of worked, but it also was such bad press for EA, which is probably why they they did away with it. They're probably like, we're making money off this, but like we are just getting shit on so hard in the media. Because I remember every game that had it around that time, every review that came out, they mentioned that fucking pass. So people knew about it.
1: Because yeah, that was also right around the time they were trying that. You know, Dead Space... The Dead Space series kind of became like a little Petri dish for EA to test their terrible ideas. You know, Dead Space 2, you got the the ham and multiplayer and then online passes they're testing. They're like, all right, let's see if we can get away with this. People love the first one. Let's see what we can get away with. And then the third one, they're like, all right, we got away with a lot in the last one. Let's just throw microtransactions and co-op in there. See if they notice. And then people noticed and they're like, all right, well, we're going to put the series on ice. We're not going to kill it. I can't do anything rash, because it's still making money. But you know, EA is not shy about just shutting
0: stuff down for no reason. So here we are. Yeah, and this, this the shitty part about Dead Space Three though is they had a completely different plot planned for that game, and the co-op ruined it. So like they had like a full fledged storyline, and it was still going to take place on the snow planet, but it wasn't going to be that like weird. I don't want to say fight club, but like kind of like fight clubby thing that they kind of had going on. There was going to be like, uh like the main character is going to have like an evil counterpart. They had like a whole script planned out and they had to fucking scrap the entire thing and then shoehorn co-op in. So that way it made even some sense. And it still doesn't make sense if you play in co-op. There's tons of shit. That's weird with that game.
1: I enjoyed dead space three on its own merits, but I will not, say it's a good dead space game. I enjoyed playing co-op because I was playing it with somebody I liked at the time. But that's it. Like I I don't regard it as a scary game. I don't think it's particularly good as a dead space sequel and the story is trash. I can't remember any of it. I remember maybe 3 things from that entire game and I can't even tell you what the plot is. All I remember is I think your partner's name is Carver. Yep. I'm pulling that from the deepest recesses of my brain right now. And he has hallucinations too, because everyone at this point has been infected by the marker. They gave up writing a story. They're like, all right, we need to make one more dead space game. Then we can be done with EA. We can move on to something new. So they're just like, you know, cash the fucking check at this point. And they're, checked out of, like they don't want to do it anymore which is fair dead space one is a pretty concise game you start it you end it dead space 2 picks up probably where it should have like it seems like a pretty good conclusion after that though you don't really need anything else and that was kind of the problem and then when EA's is like hey make a third one still making money they're like "Ah, oh, well what do we do yeah so at that point they were just so indebted to EA it's
0: like all right whatever you want us to do I guess yeah it's a it was a fucked up scenario like it really bugs me that Visceral Games is no longer around because that was such a talented studio in this short time they were doing stuff especially stuff that they wanted to do they were putting out fucking great work like not even like not even like mediocre work like there there are some studios out there that that put out decent games. But, like, if they were to go under, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, that's, like, a real loss. When I heard Visceral closed, I was like, motherfuckers, are you kidding me? You close them down after you force them to do a fucking Battlefield game that, no, like, nobody plays Battlefield to fucking play cops and robbers. That doesn't even make sense. And, like, you force them to do a game that they don't want to do. They still put out a good game, because, honestly, Battlefield Hardline is probably one of the best ba- Battlefield games that's come out in the past fucking decade. And because it didn't sell enough, you fucking shutter the studio instead of, I don't know, just like giving them a project that they can actually do and that'll actually be good and make money. Like, not every fucking studio has to make Battlefield. Sorry. Like, it's uh, super. It just pisses me off now. It's annoying
1: because... It's clearly them seeing like Call of Duty being a a yearly franchise-type game, and they're like, oh, we got to do that with every single IP we have. We need to have an Assassin's Creed game every year, a Battlefield game every year. Oh, we don't have the people for it because we shut down all the developers we bought out. And that's the problem. They've done it so many times. One of my favorite studios, Pandemic, they made some of my favorite games. They're gone now because EA bought them and ran them into the ground. Yeah. And they do it all the time. I'm not up to date with their current processes, but I know in the past they've intentionally either filed completely frivolous lawsuits to like completely bankrupt smaller companies and then buy them for peanuts and then just run them into the ground just to get rid of competition or they do it to just hoard another developer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's ridiculous because
0: you see so many good developers just get caught in that trap. Yeah, they do it to, to acquire IPs too. So if like there's a, a studio that um, is putting out like IPs that they might want, they'll do the same thing just to, to get to the intellectual property so that they, they can make their games or like keep their games from having competition. And I totally forgot about Pandemic because I fucking love that studio too. They put out the Mercenary games, which are excellent. And I actually started playing the, the... They put out the original Battlefronts, too. Yeah, a, excellent studio. And I actually just started playing um one of the last Visceral games that came out, which was uh, Dante's Inferno. And even though people shit on that game, it's actually pretty fucking good. I'm enjoying it. I like that game a
1: lot. I haven't beaten it, but I was playing it, and then I started reading the D- Divine Comedy, and I'm like... They just straight up wholesale took some lines from the Divine Comedy. I'm like, that is, that is mind-blowing. It's Because like, it's like this frat bro-ish version of it, but then you get some, like, you get Virgil actually saying actual passages. And it's like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's a very strange diversion, <laughs> but I like it. And visceral was full of great ideas like that, if you can call that a great idea. I personally think it's genius.
0: I, yeah, I, I think that game just came out the wrong time. That's all I think.
1: Oh, absolutely, because everyone's like, "Oh, to go to war clone," which it's a
0: God of War wasn't the first hack and slash type game, you know? No, yeah, it wasn't a God of War clone. It was just similar enough to it. That's all it was. All right, Dead Space. Now let's get let's get into the shit. Dead Space. <laughs> yeah. The first time I played this game, the, the, the there were a few things that stood out to me besides um, the aesthetic and stuff. The The first was I liked the fucking controls. Like, the, the original Dead Space's controls just did everything that Resident Evil 4 did and did it a, a little bit better. Made it a little bit tighter. The setting of the game was something that I had never seen before. Nobody had done... Like, you would figure the, that Alien had been around for so long, like, that the, the space station thing would have been done and done very well, but it really never was. And uh, Dead Space did it excellent. And they actually made it so, like they, they took that that setting and cranked up the atmosphere so much that it was like you were there. It really sucked you in. And then the third thing that they did that fucking blew my mind and still very few developers have been able to do to this day, they made combat interesting By changing the formula of shoot the fucking guy in the head. Instead of shooting in the head, you had to blow off the limbs. And that was like, it was such a, a weird way to take an action game and turn it on its head. Because now you're not like, you almost have to reprogram your brain to be like, okay, I'm not aiming for headshots anymore. I have to fucking like blow off legs and blow off arms. And they did the combat in such a way where there's so many enemies sometimes that you have to prioritize like limbs of enemies so that way you can either get them on the ground so they're not moving as fast or take out their arms so that they can't attack you. And it turned every combat scenario in the game into a mini puzzle. Like This game doesn't have many puzzles, like actual puzzles, but it turned the combat into a puzzle, which I found fucking awesome. So what were some of the things when you played the game, that that you thought were like like that. Those were the three that stood out instantly when I started playing. Well, you mentioned the aesthetic,
1: and that's one of the main things that grabbed me because I agree. It's a, You see Alien, which, if there's anything that this game reminds you of, chances are it's a direct influence because Alien was another one that they cited as a big influence. It's weird that someone hadn't tried to translate that into a video game or done it well, at least. And Dead Space just does everything so incredibly well. Everything it sets out to do is mind-blowing to me because it's you see this game from so early on in the grand scheme of things that just accomplishes what other games nowadays struggle to achieve even a fraction of. And it's because they put in actual effort. And when I say that, I don't mean it to be cheeky. I mean it as a genuine praise. They're they're very talented and skilled individuals working on this and clearly had a passion for it. So the aesthetics of it in general, and also just the sound design and the ability to communicate just so many different ways that you should be scared, but you need to keep going. Like So much of the lighting and sound, especially, is so perfect. There have been so many times where I'm thrown off because I see a shadow that is almost exactly like an enemy shadow, but it's not. And I'm like, "Oh, is that intentional, or am I just scared? It's fantastic. And the sound, especially, you hear things that sound like the very distinct noises that different enemies make, but it's not that. It's just some... Like rusty machinery, all of it just coalesces so perfectly into creating the absolute just horror setting. It's mind-boggling.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree that the the sound design is another thing that really like took it to another level. Like the amount of times where you'll be in a room and you hear a pipe fall, and then you'll turn around to look at like where that sound came from because first of all the surround sound in this game is superb. If you're playing even with stereo headphones, you can kind of tell where almost anything is. But then you'll they know like, hey, we're going to we're going to, you know, make this noise. It's going to be like a pipe falling behind them. They're going to think it's an enemy coming from a vent, so they'll turn around. And while they're turned around, we'll have an actual enemy sneak up behind them. And like they had all these scenarios planned. And it never gets old. Like you would think after like the 30th time this happens, that, you know, you'd be expecting it, but they do such a good job at using the sound to subvert your expectations and draw your attention elsewhere and then, like, surprise you on the back end of that. And that it's just masterful level design and masterful, like, planning on the developer's part to kind of trick the player into going down the, the rabbit hole that they're, they're kind of setting up for you. And then messing with you the entirety of the game, which is really fucking cool. And like, not, I don't remember, well, I can't think of any other games that do it as well as the original Dead Space does. I'm trying
1: to think of another horror game that I feel has done it as well, and I'm drawing a blank. Like, I'm not usually one to praise sound design specifically and single it out, but Dead Space and Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2 just get it so perfectly right. It's almost like a game that trolls you where it's like, oh, we're going to make a noise over here. Oh, you thought that was an enemy? Nah, dude, you're good. And then the second you're trying to like recover from that where you're like, "Ah, oh, okay, it was fine. Then it hits you. It's like a one-two punch of a game. And that happens so many times. You think you'd get used to it, but you really don't because you always think the last time it happened is the last time it'll happen. And one of the biggest scenes in the game is there's a tentacle that just comes out of nowhere and smacks you completely changes up the game and you're like all right i wasn't expecting that that's completely changed my perception of things now i'm scared to even move (laughs) and once you're done with that scene you're like all right i'm gonna stay here for a moment because now i'm scared to do anything else and then just as you're you know getting back into the gameplay loop, it happens again. And you're like, all right, I'm, I'm just on edge the whole
0: time now, I guess. Yeah. And the whole, the game does an excellent job of keeping you that way, almost the whole way through. And then in certain areas where you think like, you know, enemies are going to be there. There aren't any like it'll, it'll just keep you on your toes by literally not giving you the thing you expect, even though it's a game and you know, shooting things is fun. It kind of draws out those areas where you're not seeing enemies just long enough so that way when an enemy shows up, it'll actually surprise you where other games have this issue where I I think the developers think that like if they're not throwing constant enemies at you that you're going to get bored and that's not always the case. You know, this game has a great pace to it where it's like you'll have long probably like five six minute stretches where you won't see an enemy, then all of a sudden out of the blue, when you're when you're finally starting to be like, okay, cool, I can navigate this area, I can solve this puzzle and like get back to what I need to do. Right when that happens, right when you get in that like little like I I have room to breathe moment, then they hit you with enemies. Like they'll hit you with like an ambush or something will go off and lock you in a room with like four or five enemies and you're scared shitless. The pacing and the way they have done that in this game is, like I said, it's it's masterful. The developers, I don't know, like what they were thinking when they were putting this game together, or what previous experience led to them being so good at setting up these moments. But like no other game really does it as well as this one does. At least not until recently. Like the only other game I would say. Uh, as of recently like the past I'm saying like decade that's done it quite like even close to this is probably like Resident Evil 7 I wouldn't even say Resident Evil 8 because Resident Evil 8 bears a little bit more like it on the action side but Resident Evil 7 does it very well for sure
1: oh absolutely
0: And Resident
1: Evil 7 like it was constantly subverting my expectations I remember distinctly to diverge a bit when I played through I played through it once on like Hard or normal, and I was like, Ah, oh, that was good, and I played it on Madhouse, the hardest difficulty thinking like, all right, I know where everything's at now. this will be easy. Everything's changed, and there's a specific moment where a later stage enemy just comes out of nowhere. I screamed and had to pause the game i got I was so thrown off, and dead space is full of moments like that i've played it at least four times now, still there's still moments where I'm like expecting one thing and get hit by another thing and i praise the sound design so much because it knows what to what sort of sound what sort of noises to make to get your attention but then it also understands that sometimes the best thing you can do is not make any noise at all there's a specific moment that is burned into my brain it's in chapter seven the one where you're in like the mining section Mm -hmm. where you're doing all that And you're like three quarters of the way through the level, and you go up to, if you go up to a weapons bench, you're in this like little area that feels like a safe area, where you just go up to it, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go up to this weapons bench. The second you do that, an enemy spawns in, and you can see it, like, right by you, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, oh my fucking god! I immediately backed out of the the workbench to like deal with that, because I was like, he didn't make any noise. This has not happened a single time before now. And then I tested it. I'm like, is that guy always there? If I go to the if I don't go to this workbench, is he gonna be there? Sure as shit, he only spawns in if you go to the workbench. He's specifically there to scare you. <laughs> and this is later in the game. This is more than halfway through the game, and that's the first time they'd done that specific scare. So you know they were sitting there thinking. Oh, I got this idea. Now, if we do it at the start, it's going to be, you're going to blow your load too early. It won't be as impactful. But if you let people get into this mindset of like, all right, if there's a workbench here, chances are there's no enemies. I'll go into the workbench and fiddle around a bit. If you let them get accustomed to that sort of perceived safety and then take it away, then then you get somewhere with it. You can't just do it immediately just because, like,
0: oh, it's going to be scary. Yeah. You have to build up to it. Yeah, and they do an excellent job of it each time. Like, there's a distinct moment that's... It, it actually, I'll put it up there with the the uh, Mr. X breaking through the walls in the original Resident Evil 2 game for scaring the shit out of me. And what's really impressive is it actually involves no sound. It's when you first go and do your, your like, walk in zero, not zero gravity, but like in the outer space portion of the station where there's no sound. So like if you're in an area with no air, there's usually no sound or very limited sound. I should say you can hear Isaac breathing, which is really cool, but there's a part where you're, you're cutting through this outside section and the first time you cut through it, it, you go, there's nothing out there. You go through safely and then you have to get an item and then come back through On the way back, they actually have an enemy spawn outside. And it's funny because like, because you've passed through that area the first time and there was nothing there, you don't expect there to be an enemy the second time through. And the second time through, like there's no sound. All you hear is Isaac's breathing. So when you stop to take a look at something or open a door and you see something come up directly behind you, it scares the shit out of you. And what's crazy about it is that, like, it scared me so bad that I, like, flinched. But there was no sound involved. Like, it, it be, because it's outer space. Like, all you could hear is Isaac's, like, heavy breath. And just seeing the enemy's arm come on my screen. And then his body, like, just, like, almost take over Isaac's on my screen. Scared the crap out of me. It was so fucking good. But that goes down in, like, in, as one of the greatest scares I've ever had in a video game just because like they didn't use the loud thumping music to get me. They didn't use like a loud noise combined with something like breaking through something to get me. They literally just used an enemy spawning behind me in a place that I didn't expect. Didn't involve sound or anything. That's that's fucking excellent game design.
1: Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's another one that's one of my favorite moments in any game is that specific one. And it's because it betrays your trust, you know, you're already getting into the gameplay loop of like, you know, you have a hub area and you have to go out, do these objectives, come back to the hub area. You're already getting into that mindset. Like, all right, this is the gameplay. This is what I'm doing. And then the second you're getting comfy with it, it betrays your trust. And it's like, oh, you thought things would be the same? No, 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 no. We're going to scare you. And it is so perfectly crafted of a scare because you're right. They could have just done the lazy jump scare where it's a loud noise. Something happens. But instead they're, they're people who understand horror and they understand games and they're like, all right, how can we utilize these two very distinct things to make something good And it's like, well, my direct interaction of moving through this and thinking nothing's going to be different, thinking I can just run through this, is going to do me into the scare. And it's just that level of insight into what is scary and how games get played that lends itself so perfectly to why Dead Space is not only a great game, but a great horror
0: game. And the other thing that I really want to talk about too, that's probably, I I want to say this might be one of the first games that ever did it. And it really, it still impresses me to this day, actually. It's the first game I ever played where there was no HUD at all on the screen because they used the character's armor as your, your heads up display. Essentially your character, the back of your character, the back of Isaac's suit displays how much health you have. It displays how much telekinesis you have and when you raise your gun, there's an ammo counter on the gun itself, like a little kind of holographic ammo counter and the first time I played it, I didn't realize that. Like I I didn't, they did it in such a way where it was like I knew what those things were. I understood the purpose of them, but it didn't click in my head that like, hey, I don't have anything else on the screen telling me how much ammo I have left in my inventory or how much life I have left on my character or how much you know, of, like of my special ability I have left to use. Everything's right there in front of you the entire time and it completely immerses you in the game because you're not constantly looking at different HUD elements all over. You're just looking at Isaac. All you really need to do is watch Isaac to see what's going on. You know what your status is. And what's really crazy about it, it's one of the things that like never annoyed me and still doesn't annoy me to this day, but the game never tells you how much ammo you have left, which actually makes it even more immersive and more scary. So you'll know how much ammo you have left in your gun, but you don't know how much ammo you have left in your inventory until you actually fucking open up your inventory, which again, isn't really a screen. It more is like your character's heads-up display that he's pulling up himself. So, it immerses you even more because your your inventory and pause screen isn't really a pause screen at all. The game's still going while you're looking at your shit. So, you can't just like stop in the middle of a battle and be like, oh shit, I have to check how much ammo I have. That's not an option. The game's just going to keep going. The enemies are going to keep attacking. That was one of the most brilliant game design mechanics I have ever seen. And it it's insane that to this day, more games don't use that or more games don't try to, to implement something like that.
1: It's especially upsetting because it is just so perfect. It lends itself so wonderfully to the horror game genre, especially because you want all your information easily readable and readily available Dead Space does that so perfectly. All All the info you need is right where you're always going to be looking. It's right in the center. and It's immediately obvious what it does. You see this big bar on your back. Oh, what does that do? You get hit. It goes down. Oh, that's my health. Alright. Understandable. You see a number on your gun. You can take a guess as to what that is. It goes down when you shoot. Oh, that's my ammo. Perfect. It's easily readable. There's no friction to that, and it's annoying because it's so it's so well implemented, so much so that a later game that at least some of the visceral devs worked on, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, did something similar where they had a very limited UI or a uh, HUD in that they put all that information on a gun. So it's like clearly this is something they appreciate. Is non invasive HUD elements, which you would think at this point in games we would be almost entirely adopting that, but still no. Which is fine, I guess, but in something like a horror game, you want it to be as least, the least intrusive elements possible in it. That's why walking simulators get so, can get you so immersed because there's nothing there to read.
0: Yeah, and the craziest thing is, and I I didn't even think about it the other day until I was uh I was watching a YouTube video about like old school survival horror stuff. The only other games that really did that were the original Resident Evil games, well specifically Resident Evil two and beyond. Yes, you didn't know how much ammo you had. I would normally just count the ammo in my head when I would fire a gun, but the game told you how much life you had based on your character's animation, like if your character was limping your character was like in in like the warning zone essentially if your character was limping and hunched over and really slow they were in danger the game relayed that information to you without clogging up your screen if you look at like old resident evil games there's nothing on your screen to tell you what's what's going on there's no hud it's just an image it's like a still shot from a movie every single screen and i'm really impressed that they were able to to kind of take that idea and put it into dead space in such a way that it's like you would never think a modern game would be able to do that and do it effectively and give the player all the information they need without a hud like you would never think that like they there was a way around it and they had to have had that idea when designing Isaac's suit. That's the only way I can think of it is that like when they're in the, the early stages of the game, putting that suit together, they were like, Hey, what if instead of having all these elements on screen, we could just consolidate it to this area of the screen on the character. So that way there's nothing else like breaking the immersion of things. That's, Again, I'm so mad that this developer is gone because that's this fucking genius thinking and nobody is doing that anymore. That's not like I feel like every game that's coming out, there's nothing this creative in it. And it's frustrating because, again, this game is fucking 15 years old now. Like if this game was a human next year, it could get its fucking learners permit and I feel like that idea has not been evolved at all in the past decade and a half. It's fucking crazy. And that's what's upsetting is
1: one of the main driving forces in the development of Dead Space was if you want to add an element to it, it we need to innovate on it. Like They talk at length about the, uh, the Melee, for instance going back to citing Resident Evil 4 as a big influence on it because that game blew up. It was what everything was taking influence from. They said that the melee was just so basic. You know, like, we got to have a melee, but we got we to do it a little better. And it was thinking that for every element that makes a game great. You think, all right, the sound design in X is good. We can do it better. Oh, the melee is all right in that. We can do it better. And you do that so much that it's just, if you put in the effort and you put in the passion, it's going to be something you're actually proud of. And that's how you end up with something like Dead Space. And the same thing is echoed in Dead Space 2. Everything I can think to have a problem with in Dead Space 1, which isn't even a problem at that point, but things I would like expanded on, is expanded on in Dead Space 2. The combat feels better. The scares feel better. The actual, like, meleeing feels fantastic. And one of the main things is Kinesis. You never use that as a combat option in Dead Space 1. It's there, but it doesn't do much. Dead Space 2, it immediately is telling you, hey, why don't you try this out again? I think you'll like it a little better. Immediately, it's better. And everything about it, even just the little animations, like when you bring up your inventory and you're looking through, you're cycling through, Isaac is actively moving his head in small increments. It would have been so easy to just, like, have the inventory brought up. He's just staring blankly at it. It took somebody being like, hey, if this is an actual screen in his view, shouldn't he be moving his head so it's readable to the audience? Like, oh, he's looking at this. He's actively engaged in this. Because that is, you know, player to character, like, cohesion. It's telling you without you even knowing,
0: all right, I am this guy, he is me, we're in this now. Yeah, it seems like they took out every barrier separating the player from the game, which is is, is insane. Like, there's no HUD. Everything that you need is everything that the character has. It completely puts you in his shoes, and not any like I said, no games coming out right now are doing it as well as this game did it. And you're absolutely right about Dead Space Two. Um, Dead Space Two with the telekinesis in particular, it, it took that that ability to a whole nother level. Like being able to like shoot the enemy limbs back at the enemy and have it cause like massive damage. Uh, it, it, that was a game changer. That made me play the game differently and not in a bad way. Like in Dead Space 1, the game never limits how much, it never really limits how much ammo you have. Like, yeah, there is a capacity limit in your inventory, but in Dead Space 1, you're kind of hard-pressed to run out of ammo. But I remember distinctly when I played Dead Space 2, it happened pretty fucking frequently. And having that telekinesis in your back pocket to kind of just like bust out and use as a defensive or an offensive tool was a really good like change in gameplay i think dead space 2 actually did specifically the survival portion of the game a little bit better than dead space 1 because i can play through dead space 1 and never even like come close to running out of ammo which meant every battle just was like It was it all the battles kind of played out the same in Dead Space One once you got to a certain point. Like about halfway through the game when your rig's significantly upgraded and you have the the inventory inventory space to spare when it comes to like picking up ammo. The game becomes very, very easy. I mean you can beat Dead Space One literally just using the plasma cutter. Like that's it. Like you can beat the whole game using it. It's actually an achievement in the 360 version, I want to say. But in Dead Space 2 they really start limiting the amount of ammo that's dropped and the enemy like the enemy count is increased in the game. So you're constantly running out of ammo. So that telekinesis ability is clutch in a lot of situations. When you'll walk into a room, realize you only have three shots left, but there's like six enemies. And then you can kind of game plan how you're going to take them out using their own body parts after you shoot them off. It's really fucking cool. And that was one of the main things I noticed on my most recent playthrough of Dead
1: Space 2. I started playing it after my third or fourth playthrough of Dead Space 1. I was like, all right, I'm going to move on to 2 now. I'm going to replay it just because I love that game. I started playing Dead Space 2, and one of the first big combat arenas you get into, it's real early on. I'm like, all right, in Dead Space 1, it was so, it was kind of rudimentary. You could like back up into a corner and just. Shoot him and whatnot. You tried, I tried doing that in one room in Dead Space 2. The game knew I would do that. It it was like, it was like I was cattle and it was like pushing me to do that. They're like, yeah, go. Why don't you backtrack a little bit? Oh, oh, we spawned a guy right there too. Oh, did you get scared? Yeah, you got scared. You shouldn't have done that. You should have just tried to fight it. And I was like, damn. Sitting in the corner is not gonna work. You need to actually be engaged. And that was another thing with Dead Space 2, you know? In Dead Space 1, I on my first just like straight playthrough, I only used the line gun and plasma cutter and probably could have done fine with one of the two. Like I didn't bother with anything else. Dead Space Two, it feels I found myself being a lot more like, oh man, what's what's gonna be useful for this? All of these guns are All the guns are upgraded. They have more usability. If the guns weren't working out, the enemies will make it worth it. Like, there's one that's just like a sniper rifle or something that's really useful circumstantially, too. All sorts of different things. And the game isn't just dropping ammo for the guns you have, but the guns that you could be using, too. So it's pushing you to experiment more. And then also, yeah,
0: you still have the Kinesis in your back pocket, and it's actually useful now, too. My first playthrough of, uh, of the original Dead Space, I think I did with only two weapons. Like, the entirety of the game, I think, was the line gun and the the pistol, just like you. And then the second playthrough, I did just the plasma cutter. And that was it. Dead Space 2, like, I distinctly remember. Like, I, it's been a long time since I played Dead Space 2. But I remember, like, needing at least three weapons at any given time for a lot of the battle scenarios that you put, they put you in. So they, the, that's the other crazy thing. They saw what was wrong with their original game design of Dead Space 1. As great as it is, there are issues with that game. And in Dead Space 2, I feel like they, they saw what was wrong with Dead Space 1 and did a hell of a job correcting that, like course correcting all the things that they saw as issues and that they knew they could do better. And especially when, like you pointed out perfectly, the the way ambushes work in dead space 2 are a lot more like i don't want to say scripted but they kind of plan for what the the player is going to do a bit more whereas in dead space 1 they pretty much just plan on where you're going to enter the room and where you have to go and then just drop enemies between you and the exit in dead space 2 they they're way more about figuring out what the player is going to do when they encounter the enemies and try to circumvent making that battle easy by placing enemies in very strategic locations or even more importantly having different types of enemies in each battle so that way your playstyle can't be the same in every single battle they like force you to to change up your playstyle from room to room um just by tweaking the enemies in the where they're spawning. And sometimes they change up how you should be playing in the middle of it, or at
1: least the, the recommended idea, because for the first half of a room battle it'd be like, all right, I can just sit here and shoot. But then you get into some of the other enemies that are gonna they're gonna push towards you and they're gonna challenge what you're gonna do. And it's like, oh shit, if I just stand here they're gonna get me. If I keep doing what I'm doing, I have to figure out something else now. If you're playing that for the first time, you're going to be all over the place trying to figure out what you should be doing, and that's where the like little bits of a puzzle in every room kind of come in, where it's like, all right, I have options. That's what makes it scary, is the options of what I can do, and I'm trying to figure that out. You're essentially building the track while you're riding the train, you know? You're going through, you're trying to figure out how to deal with this situation you're in. And then your course correction puts you in a different situation, so you're just constantly on edge. And then you get through it, and you're like, alright, how much longer this game?
0: Alright, I think I can do that. They, they do an excellent job of setting scenarios up, for sure. <clears throat> Which brings me to the, the, the next thing I want to talk about. The game's difficulty, as a whole... They do a really fucking good job of making different difficulty levels and really challenging the player as they go up. A lot of the times you get your basic, like, easy, normal, hard, and normally I would start a game on hard mode. In Dead Space 1, starting on hard is actually pretty difficult and pretty fucking challenging. They do a real good job of limiting ammo, um, making enemies hit harder, and the scenarios that you're caught in, uh, it, it just gives it a real challenge um dead space 2 in particular has some fucking insane difficulty modes and they they completely went out of their way to challenge the player as much as possible and really put shit to the test when it comes to people i thought they were fucking awesome at dead space one and i fucking love that i love the fact that they they were like hey you dead space one players think you're the shit because you beat the game on hard mode try this fucking shit and they just added in, like, the like I, I forgot what the name of the game mode where you can only save essentially three times throughout the game. It's like hardcore or something like that. I, I think they just call it, yeah, I think it's just hardcore. Because there's Zealot and then hardcore. Yeah. and hardcore is fucked up. Like, you really have to plan your shit out. And you can dump a lot of time into that. Um, but again, it's them giving the players what they want. Like, what was missing in the first game. It's very rare that a developers going like, how can we extend the life of this game a- as a whole? And Dead Space 2, yeah, it had multiplayer, but it also had like these different modes for single player, which made it really fucking fun, really interesting, and gave it a shit ton of replay value. So I totally commend Visceral for doing that as well. That's something that they didn't have to do, but I'm glad as hell that they did it. And I'm a big
1: fan of the Dead Space 1 gameplay loop, where it's just you know, the hub areas into objectives into the hub area. But Dead Space 2, you know, if there is a big push for action to be more towards the forefront, obviously having a more linear sort of straightforwardness to it is pretty good too, because then it's also like you don't have as many like avenues for what you can do. And that's, that's good in a sense, because it's like, I'm scared to go into the next room. That's where I need to go, though. I'm scared of what's going to happen next. Like, there's no putting it off. But it makes the game feel a little less... It feels a little less full, which is probably the only gripe I have with Dead Space 2. I think, obviously, there's more of a push for an action-first mindset on it. But I feel like they reached a good balance where, you know, the enemies are more tenacious they they want you to be dead that is so apparent in every encounter because they're just so ferocious with it that it evens out you know there's more enemies there's more action it balances itself it does dead space 3 that's the problem it's just the enemies are easy and there's it's too actiony they didn't balance it at all because then it just feels like a shooter at that point. I may as well be playing Uncharted or Call of Duty.
0: Like this, the combat is nothing at that point. I, th- I feel like they understood like how to make a good single player experience scary, but doing that in co op is a much harder like thing to do. And especially for a game that they weren't planning on making co op to begin with, I understand why they they kind of got put into a corner when it came to Dead Space 3. And Dead Space 2 also had the other issue where Dead Space 2 is on two discs. So the idea of backtracking would probably be more of an issue based on the literal like limitations of space that they had on the discs themselves. But with that being said, I personally think the pacing as good as the pacing is in dead space 1 in the last probably i'll say 3 chapters of that game it starts to kind of taper down a little bit like i i feel in the first like 8 or so chapters it's kind of like a constant ramp up constant ramp up and then once you get to like the final 3 chapters you're kind of just like i feel it like the game feels like it's coming to an end but not like a huge climactic ending um, not until you hit the very end of that final chapter whereas Dead Space 2's pace and the scenarios that they have you in it's just like it's balls to the wall ramp up the entire way go 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 and i feel like creating that more linear experience definitely helps that like it helps that flow a little bit more cuz they don't have to worry about like is the character is the player getting lost in this level is the player just exploring to, to see if they can find stuff because that kind of dulls the game out a little bit. The Having less kind of to, to look around and just like wander kind of makes the game better overall, even though in most games that's not the case. With Dead Space in particular, it keeps the action high. It keeps the, the tension in the atmosphere going. And then at the end of the day... It provides a much more, I guess, like, I, I don't want to say, like, curated experience, but that's what it is. Like, they knew what they wanted, what experiences they wanted, the player to have. And without having them explore more, they were able to, to kind of get that experience with everyone. Like, it, it's literally funneling you from place to place, battle to battle, uh, scenario to scenario. It's one of the reasons I honestly I like Dead Space 2 as much as I do because the increase in action that that game has because there's a lot more action moments and a lot more variations in enemies and all that stuff, it still has that atmosphere. And since they were able to curate it to the player and really like it have these really cool set pieces in each and every chapter the game just feels more tight and like it knows what it wants to be a little bit more. It's difficult because I love both Dead Space 1 and 2. Like,
1: I think they're I think they're both fantastic games. And every time I think of, like, I like the hub areas of Dead Space 1, I wish I were in 2. Uh, but I do like that I don't have to backtrack through nothing a lot in Dead Space 2. And I appreciate that it's just this is your objective, go to it. And there's no, there's no real opportunity to get lost, and there's still some exploration to do in Dead Space 2. But with Dead Space 1, it's just, I don't know. It, it does feel like it weighs on you after a bit, because every single level, it's segmented into levels, which is something I appreciated more in Dead Space 2 after playing Dead Space 1, is that Dead Space 2 is just like you're playing a movie, And usually that's for like exclusively for Kojima games where you're literally just watching a movie and occasionally you move. But in this, it's like I'm the guy who's doing all the things. I am actually playing the movie. And it's just one seamless transition, which is what they always wanted to do in Dead Space, at least in the first one. But then it's still chopped up into actual levels. And it feels too gamified at that point. Dead Space 2 refined even that. They took even the slightest sharp edge and sanded it down a little bit to make it just completely so well polished that it's impossible to try and replicate that without having a previous subject to work with. And Dead Space 1 is incredibly important for that. Dead Space 2 just improved on that even more, which sometimes you see games do with their predecessors, but they don't do it nearly as well. And you're already starting from such a high place. How do you think you could even build higher? But Dead Space 2 just accomplishes that like it was nothing, which makes... It's hard because it's like you have... You're a parent and you have two great children... You have one child. You're like you're my miracle child. You're I was never expecting to have you, and then you have his younger brother. And it's like I love you so much. You are wonderful. And then you get the 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 third one. I don't I don't want to say child, but you get the third game, and it's like you want to love it because it's part of your family. But then it's like ah, uh, you shit on the rug again.
0: <laughs> I guess I can love you. Yeah, it, it's it's hard. Dead Space is kind of a hard series to love. Je- only because of the end. Like, I love the first two games so much, and the third one I just will never play again, because I have no desire to. With th- with that being said, I still think Dead Space 1 and 2 are fucking absolute classics, and they will always be absolute classics. Re- regardless of if this remake coming out is good or bad or whatnot, I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. Um, I'm hoping it's on like the levels of like the, the RE2 remake and, and that stuff. But like the originals still hold up to this day. Like I, I was, I'm at the very end of dead space one. Cause I've been replaying dead space One since I knew we were going to talk about it. I think I'm on chapter 11 right now. So I'm on the chapter before the final chapter and the game holds up. Well, there's shit that doesn't look great. Like the shadows in the game at the time looked awesome now not so much because they're they're very fucking blocky. Um, like that's something that I'm sure they'll they, they, they have improved upon the remake. like I've seen the, the preview videos of it. and it's like stuff like that, yeah, it didn't hold up well. but the game plays great still. Like if you were to boot up Dead space 1 or Dead Space 2 right now, you you would be hard pressed to find a game that plays as well as either of those two games games do because they're near perfection when it comes to survival horror um, and atmosphere, and they're just great. They're like, you can almost disregard the age of the graphics because the art style of the game is nearly timeless. Outside of the, the weird fucking, like, human character models, everything else looks really good. As long as you don't get too close to the necromorphs, or the human character models, everything looks fucking great. And even the necromorphs kinda of hold up well in motion. They just like if you shoot a necromorph and then look at its body, it's it's not the most detailed thing in the world. But like it gets the job done. You get what they were going for. You get the gist. That's
1: one of the big things that you know that could be improved on is the graphics and whatnot, obviously. And that's just a product of the time. One of the big things I noticed that I can't unsee is whenever you're dealing with the, they call them the drag tentacles because it it's a tentacle that drags you around. Once you destroy it, it just kind of like actually fades out. And that's just... <laughs> yeah, I noticed that today. <laughs> there's there's nothing you can really do about that. So improving on things like that is only going to add to the game. Like It's only going to add to the immersion, but That being said, the game still looks and plays amazingly well. And I think oftentimes people forget like a game like Resident Evil 4. That was originally for the GameCube. It was on PlayStation 2. And that game looks amazing. Games are... I think they've reached their peak. I think we can stop trying to make it look realistic. We can go back to making it a little stylized. However, Dead Space is one of those games where it's a happy medium where artists can actually do realistic but also make it a little stylized you know why not have something be a little more shadowy it's gonna make it even better go for it who cares that was one of the things that really translated well in the actual gameplay for dead space one you look at the concept art and then you look at the actual areas that it's art for you're like jesus they they really knew what they were doing with this This feels like a lived-in space. And for the time, that is incredible, even for now. Because you see these AAA games that can't capture that feeling. They can't capture the feeling of, like, you look at a wall in this spaceship, this decrepit old spaceship that's just for, like, mining and planet cracking, things like that. You don't feel, in other games, it doesn't feel lived-in. But you see it in Dead Space, you're like, yeah,
0: somebody was actually here. They did what I call handcrafted like work. Like you can tell somebody went in, put the time and energy into every single area of the game and made sure that not only did it look lived in, not only did it look good, the lighting looked good, but that it actually like represented what the feel of the game was in such a way that you couldn't mistake it for another game. Like you can look at Dead Space. If you were to see a screenshot of Dead Space right now, the you wouldn't be able to say it looks like another game. The closest you would probably like say it resembles, you know, as like when I got to chapter ten in Dead Space today, I thought about it is um a Doom three, but the art style to Doom three is so different. That if you were to put these games side by side, even though they both take place on space stations, even though they're from around the same time, you can definitely tell which game is which just based on the way like the rooms look, the way the pipes are laid out in the space station. Like everything is very unique in both games, but the art style is just different enough where you'd be able to tell the difference between the two. And that's something Dead Space 1 does incredibly well. Like Doom 3,
1: I, I have no idea how close to the end of the game I was when I played that. I played it for like 10 hours, and I was like, it's still going? And that's a, that game prides itself on having great shadows and whatnot. But they sacrifice so much in just like the readability of the rooms you're in. Everything looks the same. Granted, who am I to say that a space station wouldn't look all the same? I've never been on one. But Dead Space, you're on a ship. It is a contained space. It has need for everything that modern society needs. It needs an engine room. It needs a medical area. It needs a cafeteria. They could have very easily just made all of those look identical and been like yeah that's your lot instead they were like no we need to make this readable people need to know where they are even if it
0: doesn't matter at all it matters yep. even the places with uh, the plants and stuff right like um god why can't i think of the name of it but in the ship where they farm... the where they wherever they're like farming the plants for oxygen like there's like a whole area of the ship that you have to go to with that which is fucking amazing but like you said each place is unique. Each place has a purpose. And I can honestly say in Doom 3, that is not the case. You're going from lab to lab to lab until you end up in hell. Whereas Dead Space, it's like, you know what part of the ship you're on. Like, you can give me a screenshot of any level of the game, and I could tell you, like, where that level is, where it takes place on the ship, like, what it's used for. Like, that's a lot of time and energy and thought going into that. Absolutely. And in the loading screens between
1: stations or between parts of the ship, you take like a little tram. And even that is just background storytelling. It's like, oh, this is a big ship. How big is it? It has its own dedicated tram system. That's how big it is. And that gives you an idea for the scale of this. And then just when things... It's, it's so good at understanding when things might be getting a little boring to you because then it switches it. And it's fantastic. You think anytime you're making progress, it's undone. At one point, you send out like a distress beacon. You overcome some insurmountable challenge and then you see one of the only other human characters and they're like, oh right, yeah, we're, it's a military ship. And they come out. They come over. Spoilers, they crash into your ship. Now you're going on to their ship. It's completely different from yours because it's it's outfitted to be like a military, like militia type thing. They aren't going to need all the storage that a mineral processing ship is going to need. It's more keyed towards military based things, and that insight towards what is actually readable to a person is fantastic and is lacking in so many different games i'm specifically thinking of the game fear which oh god a lot of people like i I, it was just so boring to me because of that like you can have some of the best gameplay on the planet it's not going to do a whole lot for me if i'm going through the same exact corridor every single time dead space understands that and keeps it both like gameplay wise
0: engaging, but also visually engaging. Yeah. I can, I can attest to fear because that game, Oh my God, the, <clears throat> the office space is in there. Every office looks exactly the same. All the hallways look exactly the same. Half the time you get lost in an area because the way you came in looks identical to the way you you're supposed to exit. It's just, there's no readability to the levels. Like the as great as the gunplay is in that game, as great as the storyline is in fear, and it got it got a candle to fucking what Dead Space is doing. It's so hard to get lost in Dead Space. And even if you do get lost in Dead Space, there's a fucking button that literally points you exactly where you need to go. It's like the idiot button. It's just like, oh <clears throat> I'm lost. Where do I go? Click, oh, point me in that direction. Guess I go that way. Makes it super easy. They really did think of everything in Dead Space as far as like making it easy for the player to know where the hell they're going and what the hell is going on. Um, I don't think any game around that time did as much as this game did for helping a player get from point A to point B without getting in their way or giving you a map that's literally got like an arrow for where you should go. And that's the thing
1: with Dead Space 1. like They have a map... It's not very good, but it's about as good as it could have been. So much so, I noticed in Dead Space two, they just don't have the map anymore, because they were like, "All right, we can't fix a three D map. A three D map is always going to be a bad idea." I am trying to think of other times it's been done. I remember in, I think it's Resident Evil Revelations, but that is
0: that was so bad in that too. If it wasn't that, I- the only good three D map is Doom. Uh, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. Those are the only good 3D maps I've ever used. But outside of that, you're right. There are are no good 3D maps.
1: Come to think of it, I don't even know if it was in Revelations. I might have been thinking of Doom uh, 2016 and Eternal. But regardless, Dead Space 2 was like, all right, we can't fix that map. We're just done with it. So what we're going to do, it works itself into the more linear gameplay routing of just Pretty much a straight line, you can kind of go off, but the side paths are always going to lead you back to the main one, but also in the little like idiot button to show you your objective, you can also cycle through and it shows you like, all right, here's the nearest store, here's the nearest save point, here's the nearest workbench. You can cycle through all that. So you're always going to know, you're always going to have the option of figuring out, all right, here's this. You don't have to look at a map anymore. Because you're always just going to be going through.
0: It's at this point in the podcast where Harrison's mic had issues. And we had to kind of troubleshoot for a little bit. And then hop back in. And we didn't know where we were. So if this spot seems a little bit weird, that's why. Thanks. And back to the podcast. Well, we're back. There were uh, a little bit of technical difficulties. But uh, my fucking
1: laptop (laughs) decided... Ten percent or twenty percent means it's dead. Yeah. Hey, asshole. Half dead means half alive too. (laughs) I really need this laptop to continue loving me because I'm not buying another one. (laughs) Fair enough. There's already a there's already a burn in my screen that is getting larger every time I turn on my laptop, and it's kind of like kind of like when. You hear your grandpa cough a little harder each time. You're like, "Nah, grandpa's gonna live forever." Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you can keep hoping no, grandpa's gonna good. live forever. Cross your fingers, folks. Uh, All right. So before the laptop goes down again, we're gonna we're gonna touch on the last two things I want to touch on on Dad's face. The story, which is number one, and then the second thing is gonna be the things I dislike about the game, which there is a very fucking short list. But first, I want to do the story. Because I think the story is probably w- one of the strongest points that this game has. Because one, it's actually told entirely through the, the player's perspective. So Isaac sees everything. And it's very much like a almost like a half-life. If half-life was in third person, that's how I imagine the story is being told. Which is really cool. But not only that, this game... Del- Funny enough, they cite... Say-
1: they cite Half Life Two as a as an influence as well, specifically
0: because of Gordon how story is told in that. F- it's all connected. Go fucking figure. So I actually really like that. But on top of that, the twist at the end is probably one of my all time favorite twists in a video game. Which is funny because my other one is is BioShock, <laughs> and that one came out a year before. We should say go play this game.
1: If you like horror, if you like video games or if you if you just like anything, you know, go play it, you know? It's good. If you like uh Yeah, if you like Bejeweled, you should play this game. <laughs> then you can be like, uh, I like Bejeweled and
0: Dead Space. Those are that's my that's who I am as a person. Yeah, I think we've been gushing over this game for quite a while, so if they haven't played it, uh go play it. Because spoilers are coming up right fucking now. Um so, you've played this game through far more times than I have recently since this is the playthrough I'm having right now is the first time in probably like a decade that I'm playing dead space again so can you can you go through kind of like a quick synopsis of the story because it's not very complicated, but it does deliver like a really cool like twist at the end
1: no that's what surprises me with you saying you like this story because I'm thinking like. Is this a story? There, there, there is, is. There is. It's just the the gameplay is just so tight that it's all I can focus on. And like when characters are talking at this point, obviously first time through I'm paying attention. <laughs> but the second, third, fourth time through, I'm like, ah, whatever. Main plot of it is you're an you're an engineer named Isaac Clark, assumedly named after Isaac Asimov and fucking Lewis C. Clark, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, space people, science people. He's an engineer. He's not, a, he's not a combat guy. And you go with this group of people to go check out this spaceship. This is kind of like your drunk uncle telling you uh, the plot of something. I'm not a drunk, though. <laughs> I might be your uncle. But, but regardless, you go with this group of people. And slowly but surely, they start getting picked off one by one. And shit just gets fucked up. And they're telling you to do stuff the whole time. But it's weird. It never feels like you're the only one doing anything. Because it feels like the other people that are still alive are also working towards something. They aren't just like, you go do this. I'm going to take a little nap. <laughs> no, it feels like they are also doing things in the background. Like they're having an equally exciting experience. At one point, you're just, you're the one. And you see this guy who's been with you the whole time. He's like, he looks absolutely awful. Like he's been through some shit. (laughs) And then he disappears after you do your bullshit. And then the next time you see him, he looks even worse, but he's still trying. And then he just gets completely smoked. And then it's like, oh, well, uh, I guess, I guess that's how his story ends. Pretty much. And that's just a thing that happens. It's a lot of it is. Oh, uh, I guess the actual plot of it is you're going to investigate the spaceship for some reason. Like Something's going on. It's part of this big company that mines minerals and cracks planets to get the minerals and whatnot from the planets. And they discovered something. They went ghost. You gotta figure out why. You took the mission because your girlfriend is on that ship and you're like, oh shit. I gotta go check this out. I gotta see what's up. And then, you know, you're going through it, things develop as they do. And then when you get to the end, everything kind of just coalesces all into one thing. Eventually you see that there's these aliens, but they're they're kind of a mix of aliens and body horror meeting. So it's humans and aliens. Doesn't matter how they got there. All that matters is they're in between you and the end of the game. It's a pretty one-to-one ratio, you know? Why don't you cut them out of the equation? And then, also, the umbrella of it is, like, your girlfriend's trapped in this. you gotta, you got to rescue her. So you're just going through all of that, trying to get to the end. Throughout it, it's just, like, you, you and the group of people you're with have a very loose idea of what you have to do. And they're just trying to keep going and going and going like they're living for the minute not even the moment but the absolute second to second they're trying to achieve at one point you get like you get this distress beacon you're like all right what do we do well there's a giant monster on the outside of it we can't do anything until we get rid of that all right let's do that all right now that we got that done we can put the beacon on there okay sweet all right, we got that done. Oh, it's not strong enough. Okay, we got to make it stronger then, and it just keeps escalating from there. Eventually, you start to make some progress, and then I guess spoilers: one of the people, one of the people you're with the whole time, she was working for like Umbrella, but in Dead Space terms, like like Umbrella from Resident Evil, but for Dead Space. I don't know who. Doesn't matter. She ends up getting smoked by a giant alien, but not before she tells you that this giant obelisk that you've been, that made everyone go crazy or whatever. is not only a replica of an alien one that the ship originally found, but it's also making you crazy the entire time. Your girlfriend's been dead. And that is like the most mind blowing thing. So much so that Isaac is just destroyed by it. He doesn't even know what to do afterwards. I think I think that might sum it up. I don't know. Yeah, I think
0: that kind that, of all over the place. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's a pretty basic premise. Like, guy is kind of worried about his girlfriend. Gets on this mission to to go and see if she's okay uh, because she's on this planet cracker. And the entire time, keep in mind, the entire time, like your girlfriend's talking to you as you you're you're playing like as you're going through this game she's telling you like how she misses you and the things that you need to do in a in, in they're mostly like calm communications but there are one or two spots in the game where you actually like physically see her so when it gets to the end of the game and you find out that your character has gone a little bit nutty and has been hallucinating the entire time all the visions of uh, his girlfriend, it kind of blows your mind because you're like, but I've seen her. I've been talking to her like she was there. And it throws you for a little bit of a loop. It's, It's probably one of the better twists in a game ever because the game does lead you to think that this person is real. I think the only downside to the storytelling is most of the, the the plots essentially broken up into one. You want to figure out what's going on and get off the, the, the USS Ishimura, which is the, the planet cracker that you're on. But you're, it almost becomes a secondary objective to figure out where I think her name's Nicole, where the, like your girlfriend, Nicole is. And that's kind of where the plot. I don't want to say goes wrong, but it, it kind of loses its luster a little bit. I feel like if they emphasized the the plot with uh, Nicole more, then it would have been a much more relevant twist when it came up. Like, it would have hit a little bit harder. But 90% of the time, you're going through the game. You're just like, get me off this fucking ship. I don't want to die. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, overall, like... The story isn't isn't told exceptionally well, but it's told well enough. Like you're not going to get to the end of the game and be like, "Well, that was stupid." But I actually, I definitely enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that's the thing because
1: because you're so caught up in like the moment to moment, like, "All right, well, that shit blew up. Now we need a different thing." All right, well, what's the different thing? You kind of forget that. Oh, oh, right, we're here for my girlfriend. Oh, I thought we were just like. I thought we just put ourselves in this situation just to try and get out of it. Like like a survival challenge. Yeah. Like, no, we were here for a purpose. I forget what that purpose is now because clearly this shit is too fucked for any of us to handle. We just need to cut our losses and get out of here. Yeah. You get so caught up in that mindset, the, the proper one, that you forget that you're supposed to be caring about the other one, which... That's something Dead Space 2 immediately fixes, where it's like, the game starts with Isaac being like, my girlfriend's dead, she's not real, these are hallucinations. And once that game starts, it does not stop. Like, the ending, throughout all of Dead Space 2, you're just going through, like, Isaac immediately recognizes, like, this shit is happening again. He's on some, like, space city now, from the start, I think.
0: I don't know. I remember like a food court type thing, but
1: he's just like how, yeah. I remember seeing a skyline at one point.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, I need to play that again. (laughs) But he's going through that, and he's like, "All right, well now we got to find out why this is happening." He finds out why it's happening because the there's like a church dedicated to the worship of what are known as markers, which is what is what causes the The main enemies, Necromorphs, it's a fun little name, to occur. So it's like, you get some understanding of the world, but not enough to drown
0: in it, which is it's a fine line, but Dead Space does it right. Yeah, I think Dead Space 2 has has a better storyline because it's your objective is very straightforward. Whereas in Dead Space 1, it's kind of muddled. There's a lot of MacGuffins that you have to go get or fix or do like, there's always something else that pops up. Dead Space 2 is a lot more streamlined. The, it's definitely an easier story to follow overall.
1: I'm almost wondering, like, Isaac specifically, he's an engineer on the team. Uh, the team is comprised of three, like, security dudes. I don't remember who the the girl is there for. I think she's, like, knowledgeable on the ship. And then Isaac is just an engineer. He's not there to for combat oriented things he just you know fate befalls him so he needs to do that yeah so i really don't understand why thinking on it now why they didn't just like he doesn't need a personal reason to be there he's there because he's an engineer why wouldn't a team have him but i guess it's to have like personal agency like this is your character he needs a motivation now but it's like you could have just done away with the Nicole plot. But then again, there's nothing at the end tying it together, so I get it. But again, any issue you have with Dead Space One, chances are Dead Space Two fixes. Unless you're like, man, I really wish Dead Space had multiplayer.
0: In which case, like, I guess it fixed that. Huh? I, honestly, like, I'm looking at my list of quote unquote cons for Dead Space. And the only things I can really complain about are that the, the weapons take up mo- like space in your inventory, which kind of drives me nuts. Cause I always hate when weapons take up space in inventory, but it kind of almost discourages you from getting multiple weapons. If you're especially early on in the game, cause you're like, okay, if you get another weapon, not only is it going to take up another spot in your inventory, but you also have to plan for the ammo taking up another spot in your inventory. And 90% of the time, if especially if you're starting the game like I did and you upgraded the shit out of the plasma cutter as soon as possible, the secondary weapon that you pick up that's going to take up more space and that's going to need more space for ammo isn't going to be doing as much ammo, damage as the plasma cutter. So there's kind of this thing where it's like, why even bother carrying a second weapon? You might as well just fucking like stick with like one or two weapons at most and go with that. So it kind of discourages experimentation overall when it comes to like what you're using for weapons. And the second thing, which is probably the most annoying fucking thing that is in this game that I can complain about, is it does not let you combine shit in your inventory. So if you have a fucking small med pack, guess what? You can't combine two small medpacks into a medium one, even though a fucking medium-sized medpack just looks like two small medpacks put together. I don't know why it pisses me off so much, but it really pisses me off that they don't let you do that. I end up just selling my small medpacks 90% of the time. But honestly... I
1: never thought of that, but I did make the connection Like looking at a medium medpack, you're like, Oh okay yeah it's a bigger med pack. Then you get the little large one. It's like oh dude that's just a value pack of small <laughs> ones. Like you you're trying to cheat me out of this essentially.
0: Yeah, it just looks like the three small med packs taped together. That's all it is. Who knows, maybe that'll be something they changed. But also I get it from a
1: gameplay. Oh well, actually no because then if you're I don't know. It hasn't ever been a thing I thought of. So I don't know how to feel on it. I don't I don't hate it because like I never use the large med packs, and I seldom use the medium ones because, like, I'm the type of person in a survival horror game where if I'm if I have the ability to reload a section, I'm gonna and I get hit in that section. I'm like, <laughs> I could have done that better. I'll reload, and then it's just then it's just me at that point. If I don't enjoy a game, if I'm doing that and don't enjoy it, then it then it's on me. Yeah. Where I just, I want to do it perfectly, you know? And then I just end up in situations where it's like, all right, well, I probably could have just, you know, not done that and enjoyed the game, but instead I had to be perfect with it. Dead Space 2, it is difficult. It's more difficult to be safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so in that,
0: you just have to accept, like, you're going to get hit, you're going to fail a few times. Yeah, that game is, um, I distinctly remember like a few combat scenarios where I must have retried it like seven or eight times just to get through it. Not to get, not even to get through it well, like just to get through it. And that almost never happened in Dead Space One. Oh yeah, and I think that's that's
1: a good ramp up of action where it's like Dead Space One. You can get through a lot of those areas barely trying, we'll say. Yeah, but in Dead Space Two, it's like. Hmm. Man, you guys are putting in work today, <laughs> and you just have to accept that. Like, unless you are planning to play real sweaty, just
0: just take the hit and move on. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have for for negatives of the game. Do you have anything that you can think of that like annoyed you or that you didn't like? I will say I appreciate. I do appreciate in-game
1: cutscenes where it's like, you know, control isn't entirely taken away. But that that's kind of the problem where if you're watching an actual cutscene and you've played through the game before and you're like, I just want to get back to the gameplay, skip. Okay, back <laughs> to the game. In Dead Space 1, it's just, you're just sitting there, you're kind of futzing around with something like, wow, some big event is going on, but it's not... It's nothing you can react to physically. It's just something for you to watch. At that point, I get bored, and I'm like, "Eh, I want to speed through this. I want to go fast. I've played this before. That kind of annoys me, but also, given the two options, I would rather have a game that just you can play through all at once. It's just you're always in control, even if it lends itself to having some moments where you
0: know exactly what's happening, Already, because you played it, I think there's a good balance in a game like God of War, where God of War you there's no camera cutaways and you're with him the entire time, but there are cutscenes and there are cutscenes that you can skip if you want to that's probably the the best balance that I've seen there are spots in dead space like I was playing through one of the levels today where they literally like have you looking at a character through the glass and then they lock the doors so uh. You just stand there just like watching this guy talk for like five minutes. And that shit is annoying. I was about to say, I
1: know the part you're talking about. And then I remember there's multiple parts like, oh that. yeah, it's like four. That's of them. what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's one in the cafeteria where there's stuff to slow you down on the ground. It's like goop. Yep. And you're just seeing this man. He's just talking. I don't remember what happens to this man, but he annoys me a lot. If I see him in real life, it's on site. Like, I I don't like him, (laughs) this this video game man. Specifically because even on the first playthrough, I'm like, this guy is just rambling on. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. And I guess it would be different if that was combat while he's talking. But then it's just, then you're not going to understand what he's saying. Then you're going to be distracted. Then you'll be like, wait, what did he say? Was that important? Fuck, I don't know. I was busy with this. So it's tough to be engaged, especially on a second or third playthrough with that. And there's no way to expedite
0: that process. Nope, it's like you have to just trudge through that stupid mud or fucking goo or whatever the hell it is and just deal with it.
1: But I feel like, at least in the bit I played of, replayed of Dead Space 2, I feel like those moments are much less so now. Like I feel like they they got a good understanding of of the pacing of it because in those moments in Dead Space One, it feels like it comes to a screeching halt, and sometimes it feels like it recognizes that where it's like, oh, you were lulled into a sense of security where we've been talking for a minute. Oh, now there's an enemy. Now you have to run. Oh, you're trying to kill him. He can't die. <laughs> it's like oh well i guess that's a way to get me back into the gameplay but that's that's one of the things that irked me and then a very specific moment is just the last chapter felt incredibly not not incredibly rushed but it just felt weird because it's almost entirely combat arenas and that's not terrible but you can really finish it up pretty quickly like there's there's none of the usual gameplay loop of like hub hub area into side objectives it's a lot like Dead Space 2 which if you had the ability to play through these games all in one long session that would probably lend itself really well to that and it makes me wonder if they had intentions for a more linear focused for a sequel because the last chapter of dead space one plays out like dead space two does
0: in its entirety. Yeah. I think that's mostly because they're trying to like, I think they're trying to go for like that big finale scene and there's no real way to, to, to do that with the urgency that they were looking for with, uh, with having like a, a hub area, which is good game design because like, it keeps the action going through the entirety of that last chapter. Like it's just constantly go, 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 go rush to the end, which is awesome. But it does kind of like mess with the overall pacing of the game because you've grown so used to no matter what's going on, you have this hub area to go back to. And these like these like slower moments, whereas that last chapter is literally like, it's like the last chapter of halo. Like it's just fucking go balls to the wall, get through it. Like big finale, big, big boom shit exploding. Like that kind of like, uh, that kind of vibe, I guess.
1: I think that's probably the appropriate way to end a dead space game because like, you're right. How else are you supposed to convey? Like, this is the end of this, this journey, you know? Yeah. And like, who says it can't end with a giant space monster? That's probably how it would end. I'm not an astronaut. I don't know what they deal with in a day-to-day basis, but that's probably what would happen. So it's like it, it makes sense. And also, what else is Isaac supposed to do? You know, just just keep moving forward. That's what you've been doing the last like ten hours. Just what are we doing next? No, no, no. We're focusing on what we're doing now, and what we're doing now is running through this area. Somebody told me to bring this marker to the spot. I don't have a better idea. Guess I'll do that. And then it kind of works out, you know? And the game ends with a giant asteroid or whatever falling onto the planet where the marker's at, and it just blows up. And then you get a little jump scare at the end. Which I appreciate. It's, <laughs> it was good. It got me. It, it got me. I don't know where else to put this, but a fun little easter egg in it is there's 12 chapters i think yeah 12 chapters the first letter of each chapter well, each chapter has a title the first letter of each one spells out nicole is dead which like it's only something you kind of notice if you're looking at it hmm. and you see it in a list and it's like hey wait a minute so like if you're paying attention you can Notice it, but it's also not something you're going to be paying attention to. I'm now intrigued. I'm actually looking that up. So, I
0: don't remember where I first learned that, but... Oh, wow. The It's a fun yeah, thing. Yeah, you aren't kidding. Yeah. It actually does spell that out. That's fucking hilarious. And
1: also, the last chapter of the game is called Dead Space. Mm. I don't know where else to where else to throw praise for that, but I liked that. I clapped when I saw it. It was great. That's that's amazing. I don't. I never knew that. I don't know. I, I don't have I uh, I don't have much bad to say about Dead Space. I I just really enjoy it. I think it's a great game. I'm very excited to play more of it in any capacity. I'm definitely excited for it. I think I think they had a weird
0: mobile game as well at some point. Uh, I feel like I'm recovering that extraction. I think that's what it's called. I want to say is Dead Space Extraction. But it's essentially like a a puzzle game. I think. Oh yeah, that was for like the the
1: DS or something, right? Oh, well, I guess it's on Xbox too. Yeah, it's like car- it's like a comic book.
0: Yeah, they they had a lot of different uh, properties because they were trying to um you know make it a whole Dead Space universe. Um, want Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not Extraction. It might be something else. There, there is a Dead Space extraction. I just don't know. Uh, No, I'm I'm Uh, good.
1: That's kind of the difficult thing. Like, Dead Space One doesn't lead into a sequel at all. No, and the the director for the game cited like cited some international films that end with like ambiguous endings or like really depressing endings, and to me that means like the game could have just ended at the first one it really doesn't lead into a sequel at all and dead space 2 starts with like a pretty a pretty fair beginning like what Well, it would happen to isaac well he's crazy now okay so where is he he's in an asylum oh okay that makes sense yeah (laughs) perfect dead space 3 makes no earthly sense to me because isaac is just in an apartment so that just really means like They weren't intending to get this far. They were probably like, yeah, we'll probably make another Dead Space after one, but uh, we don't know when. And then Dead Space 3 is like, yeah, uh, Dead Space 2 made money, so uh, make us a third one. So
0: they really kind of didn't seem like they had any idea what to do afterwards. Which is fine. Honestly, if Dead Space... If there was only Dead Space 1, I'd be happy. If there was Dead Space 1 and 2... I'd be even more happy because I love Dead Space two. absolutely. It's that third game that fucking ruins everything. The third game just shouldn't exist, and I think it would be this series would be better off without it, which is why I'm hoping if they are doing the remake that they either reboot it from the remake or remake Dead Space Two and then pretend Dead Space three didn't happen. and that like all those are probably the best options, in my opinion.
1: That's what. I guess not worries me, but it is something that I pay mind to. Is uh, like who's to say they even do anything after Dead Remaking Dead Space One? Because with things like like Fable Anniversary, they just did that. They they haven't done Fable Two or Three or anything like that. They probably never will. But like games like that, where it's just you kind of remaster one, and then you're like, all right. I would do the other ones. the first one's the biggest one, so that's what makes me wonder, but I have a feeling it's gonna do great sales like it it's a game that is revered by you know critics and fans alike like it's just a lovely game, which sounds silly when it's a super gory space adventure game, but like
0: so it's a, it's a lovely thing. I agree with you, it is a lovely. A lovely game. And I think um, I think probably this is a good spot to end the podcast. I think we've touched on everything there is to talk about Dead Space, and even some of Dead Space 2 and Dead Space 3. So what do you say? I think so. Yeah, because I was just about to get into random things
1: I like. Like, I'm staring at the cover for Dead Space 2, thinking, yeah, it's cool watching the helmet go on. <laughs> like, I, I think if... We're at that point. I think we can kind of like, you know, simmer down and stop. Yeah.
0: Put a little bit of a kebab in it. And with that, I think so. With that being said, it is great having you on. You've actually probably been mentioned in at least two or three of the podcasts before this one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've, I've cited you as essentially the co creator. So there you go. The uh, power has gone to my head immediately. <laughs> but I am. Glad we finally got to do this because this has been like months, months coming. Um, and I hope we do get to do it again soon because this is super fun. Uh, but is there anything I am absolutely down? Is there anything you want to say to the handful of people that listen to this thing currently before we, we say our goodbyes? I've been lying, I don't like Dead Space at all. <laughs> I
1: think it's Think it's pretentious. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. It's pretentious somehow. No, Dead Space One is a great game. Play Dead Space Two. Give Dead Space Three a try too, if you feel like it's the. It's a fun enough game. Uh, one good thing I'll say about Dead Space Three: the little robots are kind of cute. I like the little robots.
0: They are pretty. Adorable. That's
1: about it. Uh, in comparison to the other two games, though, it has nothing on them. Go play Dead Space One. And uh, have some fun with it. That's about all I got.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, The robots in Dead Space 3 are pretty adorable. And they bring back ammo for you, which is pretty fucking sweet, too. Um, They're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. Make sure you follow on the podcast service of your choosing. Uh, If you want, check out the YouTube video for this whenever I get around to editing it. Which will probably be a week or so after this goes up. So Check us out on blip.tv. Is that
1: still a thing? Is Bli- I don't think, <laughs> I it, don't is. think it is. Alright, uh, don't don't look blip TV okay? up
0: <laughs> All right, and that is it. Have a great day, folks, and I hope to see you next week. Have a good one. Peace. Goodbye.